Welcome everyone to today's High Lebanon slash Ove Torah Daf Yomi Shi'ur. Today's Shi'ur is given the Ilui Nishmat. Rabbi David Jamal, David Ben Rifkati, Ayis Nishmatot, Rabbi Torah Hayim. Anyone who would like to dedicate a Ove Torah slash High Lebanon Daf Yomi class, please give a call to Mr. Carl Pindick. Oh, Robert. He, he will be able to uh, facilitate your sponsoring of the class. Much appreciated. Just get him its work. Okay, guys. We're starting now on the bottom. Welcome, Ben. We are starting now. Welcome, Harry. We're already recording. We're starting on the bottom of Dafnun He Amud Bet. Does anyone need it uh, on the screen or we're good so far? Okay. Let's get started. Everyone has a Gemara, we can do it. So let's get as follows. Amar Shmuel bar Nachmani, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Kol ha'omer b'nei Shemuel hatu. Anyone who says that the sons of Shemuel made us, until now we were talking about the sons of Eli, how they had done sins. Now what happened to Eli actually happened to Shemuel as well. That was part of a curse of Eli, that it should happen to Shemuel too, it did. And wasn't quite the same. also them didn't really do a real sin. It says when Shimuel was old, his sons did not go in his ways. It says, even though they didn't go in his ways, that doesn't mean they sinned. So they didn't go in his ways, I understand, but they didn't sin. And therefore we're saying even though it sounds like they sinned, they didn't sin. How could we say the Pasuk says, you can't argue with the Pasuk, the Pasuk says that they followed the Bata, they followed bribery. Now, if they did bribery, that's not just not following their father's ways. That's a sin. What does that mean? They didn't follow the deeds of their fathers. Shmuel would would always not only was Navi, he was also a Sadiq, and he would always follow the ways that instead of bothering people to come to him that he should judge them where he is in his Betin, he would go from town to town so anyone who has a Din Torah could have a home service. He would make a circuit of Betel, Gilgal, Mitzvah, and he would judge the Jews there. They sat in the cities. This way, they could get a lot of income for their uh, for their Chazanim, the Shamosh, right? And they, they would make money. They would make money like that because if they, if they when these guys have to go, they they charge the guys for the for the thing, and that's how they would make it, for the court case, and that's how they would make money. Ketanai. So actually, it's a machloketanaim. Let's see what's going on. It says vayeto They followed after the the gain. That means that they asked for their their Maaser Rishon. In those days, Levi'im get Maaser Rishon. And when people 
saw them and they asked for Maaseri Shon, being that they were prominent people, the Shemuel sons, everyone gave them Maaseri Shon, and that took away from the Maaseri Shon of other Levi'im who ended up being poor because of them. That's one problem. That's when, so, so according to this opinion, or mayor, it doesn't mean they actually did uh, bribery. It means that when by asking for, when you're in a prominent position and you ask for the Maaseri Shon, you're going to take it away from other people, and that was the problem. If you doubt, man, Milav Hitilu al Balabatim. They gave their money out to Balabatim. They had a lot of money, and they gave their money to people to work for them. And once they did that, these people came back and they judged them, and you know they leaned towards them in judgment because they were working for them. Rabbi Kiva says. They took, they forcibly took extra ma'asir from people. They took, they took again, once they took a lot of matanot and some say that they took what they, what the Torah left, but they, but they forced people to give it. These are all different things that possibly the sons of Shemuel did. Right. Now, some say that it means that they normally uh, Levi is supposed to ask for the gifts. They're supposed to ask for Maseri Shon. Here, instead of asking for it, they took it by force, which you're not supposed to do. And that's considered, it's not, it's not a straight up sin, but because they're supposed to give it anyway. It's not like you're taking bribery, but it's still something that they shouldn't be doing. Okay. Now we're going to talk about David HaMelech. Now before I get to this, I want to give, give a little introduction. The introduction is that Shemuel HaMelech, that David HaMelech, I'm sorry, was a tremendous tzaddik, but there's a famous story about Uriah HaChiti. Uriah HaChiti was the husband of a lady called Bathsheba. David calls Bathsheba to him, and uh, he slept with Bathsheba. And after that happened, the, uh, well, they called Uriah in from the battlefield. The Uriah, her husband, was a soldier in King David's army. He was called to visit the king. He met the king, and, he, and the king told him to go home to his house. He didn't go home to his house. He didn't listen. Um, then, then afterwards, when, when, when he came back, David did the following thing. David uh, sent a letter out to Uriah, the general, that he should allow, no, I'm sorry, to, he said to Yoab, the general, that he should allow Uriah to get killed in battle, which, what, what would happen, they fell back lines, he was fighting, he got killed, and they came back to say that he got killed in battle, and subsequently, David married Bathsheba. Those are the facts. The facts are, number one, David calling Bathsheba over, number two, Uriah being called back from the front lines. Number three, Uriah refusing to go home. Number four, David calling back, asking why he didn't listen to go home. And he says he doesn't want to, he, he talks about his master, Yoav, and it's not nice to, to go, go to his house when, um, when all his brothers are at, the, are at the front lines. Then David sends a message to get him killed, and he gets killed in battle. David doesn't actually kill him but he gets killed in battle by being abandoned in battle and he dies against the Philistines. Okay? That's the story. And now the Gemara is going to try to analyze and tell you 
that really David's sin is not what it appears to be, just like in all other cases, Hashem is showing you the strictness that he deals with the Sadiqim over here. Guys, you have to be very, very careful with this Gemara. There are people who learn this Gemara the wrong way. Let's try to get it as clear as possible. Anyone who says David made a sin is mistaken. Says David, in all the was successful in all his ways, and Hashem was with him. Now, ask him. Could it be that the Shekhinah is going to be with David if he's doing a sin, a terrible sin of adultery? One of the worst sins in the world is adultery. If what we're saying is true that David slept with Bathsheba and it was an Avera of adultery, we would never say the words Hashem imo. Natan Navi later on is going to come to David and tell him that you did a terrible thing and you embarrass the word of Hashem. So how are you going to get away with that? If he didn't do anything wrong, then what do you do with those words? Says the Gemara, That means he was about to do it, but he didn't do it. He was going to do a sin with Bathsheba, but he didn't do the sin with Bathsheba. Okay. Uh, Rashi explains like this. It seems like, we're going to see in the Gemara soon, that before a Jewish soldier would go to war in David's army, he, they would make him write a get for his wife. Uh, some say the get was conditional, that if he doesn't come back, it, it takes effect. Others say the get was unconditional. It's a big machlok of what's going on with this case. But it seems like they would write a get. But the reason why they wrote a get is because if you go to, if a person goes to war and he gets captured and no one knows if he's dead or alive, his wife will become chas v'shalom and aguna. And to avoid such a situation, what they did was, they had a get that was written, and if the guy didn't come back, the get became active. Okay? Beautiful. No text. Okay? So we're claiming here that David was going to do a sin with Bacheva before she got the get, but he didn't. Let's see what's going on here. Amarav. Rav says that Rebbe, Rebbe Danasi, who was a descendant of David HaMelech himself, after all we know, Rebbe was the Nasi of Kali Yisrael. He was a great, great, great grandson of Hillel HaZaken. Hillel came from David HaMelech, and therefore Rebbe is also from David HaMelech. And we're telling you now that Rebbe, who's saying this shot in the Gemara, is exonerating or getting out of trouble his grandfather, in a way. How do we see? Because Masuk says, Madua bazita Natan Navi told David, why did you embarrass the word of Hashem to do what's evil in his eyes? Rabbi Omer, If you look at the whole Torah, you'll never see Hashem talk about someone doing evil this way. You Every other Avera, it says, Vayas hara. He did what's evil. Here it says, La'asot la, to, to do evil. Why is it to do? Ah, says Rabbi. To do means, He tried to do it, and he didn't do it. That's what you're referring to. Therefore you see, from the Pasuk, says Rabbi, that he didn't do it. He just tried to. That's because it says, La'asot la, where all over Torah, it doesn't say La'asot la, it says, 
Okay, let's continue explaining. It says, "Et hikita They Natan Navi tells David, "How could it be you did this? You slaughtered Uriah Hanabi with your sword, with a sword." Well, how did that work? What do you mean? Did David actually kill the sword? Says he right now. You took his wife. When it says you took him for a wife, it must be that when you took him for a wife, it means that she really was possible to take for a wife. The halakha is like this. If a person sleeps with someone else's wife, it, it's not called you didn't take her for a wife. Because that's just zinut. That's a regular zinut, and it's not called likuchin. A, a, a person cannot give a kiddushin and take someone else's wife for a wife. A person gives a kiddushin to someone else's wife, it, you, you're throwing your money in the garbage can. It, it doesn't do anything. You can't... No, uh, uh, someone else's wife is unmarriageable. And the fact that it says, lakachta isha, you took her for a wife, means that she was marriageable. And that's the proof, that's the very proof that she was not married when he slept with her. Is everyone with me? So we're bringing multiple, I don't have, I only have Benjamin and Sam. We're bringing multiple proofs that he didn't say. Number one, when he says you killed Uriah Hiti, what does it mean? That means that really you should have taken into the Sanhedrin. This guy had done an Avila and he deserved to be killed. It doesn't, it doesn't say here what he, deserved, what he did to deserve to be killed. Chazal say that when David called him in to talk to him, he says, Et Adoni Uriah. He, he, he says, how could I go back to my house when my master Uriah is sleeping in a tent? Now, it's considered rebellion to the king to show up in the king's palace and say that anyone besides the king is your master. You can't say, you can't show up to the king and say, my master so-and-so. When you're at the king's house, the king is your master. And therefore, the fact that Urias is my master, my master uh, Yoav, is showing that he's more loyal to Yoav than David. And that was something that made him worthy to be killed. David went to kill him. And he sent him with a line to get killed in battle. And he got killed in battle. But, but David had a good reason why he wanted to kill him like that. He wanted to die quickly. And therefore, he didn't send it to the Sanhedrin. He, what he did was, and he didn't want to look like it came from him. So he sent him to the front lines, and he got killed in the front lines. So Orius said, Navi told him, the fact that you killed him that way instead of sending it to Sanhedrin, that means it's like you killed him with your sword. But really, he was worthy of getting killed anyway. Okay. Says the Gemara. Anyone who goes he has to write a bill of divorce to his wife. It says, you'll take their eruv. My erubatam, what does it mean, their safety? This is referring to things that mix people, mix husband and wife. And therefore, you see from here that when you say you take your Murabim means you take your Kiddushin and get rid of your Kiddushin because of the, you have a gift. It says, 
that Natan told David, and him you killed, meaning you killed this guy, um, you killed the guy Uriah, with the sword of the children of Ammon. Just like you're not going David is not punished for the fact that somebody in Ammon killed a Jewish person. When he says you killed him, it means you killed him, but you're not going to be punished for him. Just like you won't get punished with the with the sword of Ammon, just like you won't you won't get punished for a killing that's done by the sword of Ammon, so too you won't get punished for a killing that was done when you killed Uriah. That's what he was really telling him. Like I told you before, he was a rebel against the king. The Amale, because he said, He said, I don't want to go home because my master Av and his servants, the servants of my masters, are sleeping on the field. I don't feel comfortable going to my house. And he swore, but I'm not going to do it. So the fact that, I don't know why they don't point out the fact that he didn't listen to the king to go home is not a problem. But it seems that maybe he thought that that was a voluntary thing. But the fact that he calls his master, Yoav, in front of the king, he says, Okay. Amarav, ki when you look into David's life, you will not find anything he did wrong besides what he did with Uriah Chiti. Tehtiv, as it says in the Pasuk, Rak bedevar Uriah The only thing he did wrong was Uriah Chiti. Abaya Kashisha, Rami Dirav Adirav. Abaya Kashisha asked the contradiction of Rav. Rav just said that the only thing David ever did wrong at least if it's anything wrong, was Uriah Achiti. Yes, the Gemara. Mi Amarav Achi, did Rav really say that? Amarav, did Rav say, Kibel David Lashon Hara? Didn't Rav say that David did a second thing wrong? He also accepted Lashon Hara? So how could he say the only thing he ever did wrong was killing Uriah Achiti? What do you mean? I thought Rav said that he accepted Lashon Hara. That's the Gemara. Kashia, that's a question. Now, where did he accept Lashon Hara? Let's see. The Gemara is giving gufa this. Whenever we say gufa, what are we doing, Benjamin? What do we do when we say gufa? Every time we say gufa. Isolate and analyze. Isolate and analyze a previously mentioned statement. Thank you, Harry. Very good. We are isolating this statement that was worked before as a question. Didn't Rob accept Lashon Hara? We're now going to analyze that. When did Rob get Lashon Hara? When did he take Lashon Hara? Says the Gemara. Gufa. Rav Amar Kibel David Lashonara. When did he accept Lashonara? It says, Vayomer lo ha-melech, Epohu, Vayomer tziva el-melech, Enehu bet, Machir, Ben Yerel, Belo Dabar. He asked Mifimboshi, where is it? And he said, he's in the house of Machir, Ben Amiel, in Lo Dabar. And it says, Vayishlach ha-melech, Vayikhem bet, Machir, Ben Amiel, Belo Dabar. And he said, and he called him from Lo Dabar. Okay, now the story here is like this. Um, we're talking about when Shaul died. Shaul was the king of Israel, and David took over from him. And Sha- David's best friend was his son, was Shaul's son, Yonatan. Yonatan and 
other, his other brothers and Shaul all died together in a battle, uh, in, a, in battle. And they thought that there was no one left in the family of Shaul. Balak Mephibosheth was left, who was a cripple, and he had a servant who was taking care of it. Okay. Let's let's see it inside. Says the Gemara as follows. Rav Amar David Kibel Lashon Hara. Why? The Chivas it says, "Vayomalo Hamelech Efohu." The king told Tzivia. This Tzivia is the servant. He told him, "Where is he?" Vayomer Tzivia the Melech Kine who bet Machir ben Amiel below the bar. Now, Oktiv Vayishlach Hamelech Vekeu bet Machir ben Amiel below the bar. So the king said, and he took him from this place called Lodavar. Now, Lodavar, they, they learn it as, um, the word Lodavar is Lodavar, means he was a Tamir Haham. He, law to him, Davar are things. Mehdi, let's see. Chazia de Shakrehu. David saw that Tzivya was lying about Mephibosheth. Okay. That means, and therefore, Kihada al Why did he slander Mephibosheth? Why did he? Why did David accept the Shonara that Sivia is going to say about Mephibosheth? Later on, Sivia is going to say that Sivia is going to tell David that when Avshalom, David's son, rebelled against David, that Mephibosheth said to him. That, that he's very excited about it because now Shaul will get back the kingdom. Got what's going on? Mephibosheth is the son of, the grandson of Shaul. And he's living under David for many years. When David gets older, his David's son, Avshalom, rebels against him. And it looks like that Avshalom is going to win. Mephibosheth is stuck in town. He can't leave the town. He's a cripple. His servant goes and joins David HaMelech, and he brings supplies to David. And when he meets David, and David says, where's your master? He says he didn't want to come because he's excited now that he said that soon the kingdom of Shaul will come back. Now that Avshalom is king, maybe my father's rulership will come back. David is out, and I'll become king again. That's what this guy, the servant, the backstabbing servant. What's that up? This backstabbing servant is telling David that Mephibosheth is backstabbing him. But really, it wasn't true. Okay? David accepts the, the Lashon Haran, and he comes back and asks him what he said. He doesn't believe him fully, and he ends up saying, I don't know who's right. Split the field. That's what he's going to say. And that itself was accepting Lashon Haran, which was not true, and we'll see how that goes. Okay, so this is Gemara. The king told Tzivya, where is the son of your master? He says, oh, he's sitting in Yerushalayim because he said, now I'm going to get back to Malchut. 
How do we know David accepted the Lashon Ra? It doesn't say anywhere David accepted it. Because it says, Dekhtim, it says, Vayom and HaMelech Ritzvah, Hine Lecha Kol Hashem Lemevi Boshet. So David told Tziva, the servant, if that's what he said, okay, you know what? You're going to get everything Mevi Boshet has, I'm giving it to you. I'm taking away all his property, and you get it now. You came to help me, and he's excited about Avshalom. Okay, you know something? He's getting, he's going to lose all his property, and you're going to take it all. So you see, he accepted us from that. That's Rav explaining. It's Shmuel. The Shmuel, my Lord, keep out the Vila Shana. Shmuel says that we didn't accept us from that. The Varim Hanikarim Chazibeh. Because he saw that he was right. The Thief of Bush of Ben Shaul, Yaran the Kratamelech, the Law Asar Agrav, the Law Asar Shibamo, Ben Bagadav Lokibes. He saw afterwards. That he didn't trim his beard and he didn't launder his clothes, right? Okay. That means he didn't take care of himself. And he, it says that when he came, he says, Why didn't you come with me when I was running away from my son? My servant fooled me. Because I told my servant, get the donkey ready. I told him, I want to go to the king. Now we're on uh, Amur Bet. Right? And he lied about me to the king. My king is like a malach, meaning David is like a malach. And he's doing what's good in your eyes. So therefore, Mephibosheth comes to David and he says, uh, it's not true. The guy lied to me. He took my donkey. He went to go with you. I wanted to come also. That's why I didn't come. He said, you don't have to talk anymore. I said, okay, you know what? You and Sylvia could split the field. You and your servant could split your field. Now, this is a funny thing. It was my field. You took my field away and you gave it to my servant because the guy lied to you and told you I didn't want to come. Now, when I told you that he lied, you said, okay, split it. But split it. Right? What was Bibi really saying? Bibi was saying, I said, Bibi said to David, he said, I was waiting for you to come home to Shalom, right? And now you coming back and telling me I should split the field? I'm not upset at you. I'm upset at Hashem who brought you back to Shalom. You're, you're, you're taking away my field for nothing. I didn't do anything wrong. And you're taking my field away because someone lied to you? I'm not upset at you. I'm upset at Hashem that you came back to Shalom. And so Shmuel is pointing out, if that's true, that he's upset at Hashem, David is that David is alive, that means that David sees that he doesn't love him. And therefore, Shmuel's not wrong for accepting the Shorah. Okay? I said, when is he going to come back in peace? You're doing this to me, taking half my field away? I don't have a problem complaining against you. I'm upset at Hashem who brought you back in peace. And therefore, 
we see that Rabbi Gosh is complaining to Hashem about David, because David is, is taking away his field. That's why the Pasuk says, The son of Yonatan was fighting against Hashem. Was his name Miribal? I thought his name was Miribal. Since he made a fight with Hashem, a batko came out of Shemayim and said, you're a fighter, the son of a fighter. Why is he a fighter? Kidamran. This is what we said. Hadamran. That's what we just said, that he fought with Hashem. And he said, I'm upset at you that you brought David back if he's such a backstabber who took away half my field. And why is he bar Natsah? Because Shaul also was upset at Hashem, and therefore, since Mephibosheth is Shaul's grandson, Shaul got upset at Hashem, and Mephibosheth got upset at Hashem, so Batko came from Shemaim and said, you're, the, you're, you're a fighter, the son of a fighter. You're, meaning you're someone who got upset at Hashem, the grandson of someone who got upset at Hashem. Now, how did Shaul get upset at Hashem? We're going to talk about that now. Amr of Mani, Al The story over here is as follows. Shaul had gotten a command from Shemuel Nabi to kill the people of Amalek. And when he get there, he got there, it says, Banaham. And he fought in the valley. What is it? Al Iske Nahal. On the about the Nahal. What does that mean? Okay, well, actually, we'll talk about that later. We're not going to talk about that. We're, we're going to come to that later. It's going to Amar Yehuda Amarav. B'Shash Amar David Boshet Atav Tziviat Echalkot Hasadeh. When David told Mithi Boshet that you and Tziviat, the, the lying slave, are going to split your field, right? Yatzabat Kol V'Amalon Lechovam V'Yerovam Yechalkot Hamilcham. A bat call came from Shemaim and said, Is that what you say? You're not looking into the thing to see who's right, and you're just going to split the guy's field and give half to his lying servant? No problem. I'm going to split your field and give half, give half to your lying servant. Which means what? That that Yerechovam, Shilomor's son, and Yerobam, who is the lying servant, are going to split Kalagistan. Because you split the field, and you listen to the Shonara, I'm going to split Kalagistan. And the Chovan and the Jews ended up having a ten shratim and two shratim because of that. Amar Biud Amar Rav in Malay lo kibel David lashon hara lo nechleka malchut betavid. If David didn't accept lashon hara, the Jews wouldn't have split the the the, the, the rulership. We would have been all united. Velo abdu yisrael v'dazara. And if we would have been all united, we wouldn't have done avodazara because Yerovam was the one who introduced widespread. In the, in the country. We would not have been exiled from our land. So Lashon Hara that David accepted was the cause of the splitting of Milcha and the Galut from our land. Amazing how powerful Lashon Hara is, guys. According to Shemuel, he didn't uh, accept it though, right? Shemuel was saying, not that he didn't accept it, but he had a good reason to accept it because he saw that if he bullshit was upset at him. Because he look, you see, Mephibosheth was complaining to Hashem about David, so therefore you see that there's something to it. It's not like he just accepted it. He's, he only did it, according to this, he only did it when he saw whatever, saw something in Mephibosheth's reaction. Okay, 
Amar Shmuel Barachmani, Amar Biyokanan. Kol Almed Shilamo Hata, Eno El Toeh. Anyone who says that King Shilamo sinned, because Basuk says that King Shilamo followed Abu Dazara in the end of his life. Anyone who says that, Eno El Toeh. He is mistaken. Shneeman, Velo Hayal Voshalim Mashem Elohav, Kilabav Divir Aviv. His heart was not complete with Hashem like the heart of his father David. It says he wasn't like his father. doesn't mean that he sinned. Okay, he wasn't like David, but it doesn't mean he sinned. But the Pasuk says that when he was old, his wives turned him away after other gods. That's, that, no, don't read that simply. Learn that like Abnatan. Who's Abnatan? One pasuk says, One pasuk says that in the time of his old age, they turned his heart. It says it wasn't like his father. Make up your mind. But it says he didn't sin. How did he get around the contradiction? This is what it means to say. They went to follow other gods. What did he do? They, they turned his heart to go, but he didn't, he didn't follow them. They tried to get him, but they didn't get him. That's what Masuk means. Samar says, that's how you can learn it. You learn that they only tried to get him and they didn't get him. But the Pasuk actually says that he built, he built temples to the gods. It says that he built a Mizbeach for Kemosh, who's the god of Moab. It sounds like he did worship other gods. Not like he, they tried to get him and get him. It sounds like he did. The vacation of Nok Lomana, he was going to build, but he didn't build it. El Ma'ata, as he did, Yeshua was Be'ach Hashem. This is different person who says that Yeshua built him as Be'ach Hashem. You want to say, the vacation of Nok Lomana? El Ma'ata, he must have built it. Hachanami Dubana. If it says he built it, it must be he built it. Like Yeshua says he built it, it means he built it. So so too, Shalom must mean that he really built it. Is everyone with me? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Let's go. Herb, good. Okay. Okay, good. I got it. Yeah. I'm good. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One second. Says the Gemara. Ela kiditanya. We learn like a brighter. Rabbi Yossi Omer. Brighter b'mot. Asher aprei yushlaim. Asher miyamin lahar meshchit. Asher banah shlomo melech zel hashvirot. Shiket sidorim. The the the. The Mizbechot that were in Yushalayim, which were on the right side of the Har Hashemin, which Shlomo built to Asherot of Zidonim. It says that Yoshiao got rid of all the things and all the Mizbechot that were made to Abu Dazara. So it says that it says that um, he destroyed these things, right? Yeah, yes, the Gemara. We mean, if Shal Ba Asa Velo Biram, Yoshua Velo Biram, Atra Yoshiao Biram, could it be that these great kings, Asa was a big Sadiq, Yoshua was a big Sadiq, all of them were before Yoshiao, and they didn't destroy it. Why wouldn't they destroy it? Didn't they get rid of all of them? It must be the beginning, like the later ones. Just like Yoshiao. Didn't do what it says, and yet we're saying he did. We're saying he did a good thing. 
So Tushilamo didn't actually do what he said, but he didn't actually build him a bech, but but we mentioned that as if he did to put him down. It wasn't that he did it, but since he should have protested against his wives, the Torah makes it as if he did it, even though he didn't do it. It was better for Shilomo to be an attendant to an idol rather than let it write about him that Shilomo did bad in the eyes of Hashem. That means that if a person doesn't protest against other people, it's a big problem. This fits with our Mishnah that we saw yesterday, that Rabbi Al-Azabah he it wasn't his cow, right? It wasn't his cow. And yet, but the, the Mishnah writes forever and ever that his cow went out with a strap in, in, in the horns against the Ratzon HaHamin. From here you see that a person who has the power to protest against his friend and doesn't do it, it's as if he did it. You know, who knows how... By the way, this week's parasha, just to go off top of the drop, this week's parasha discusses discusses Lo Ta'amod Al Dam Re'echa. Don't stand by when your brother is dying. You're not allowed to be by the river, you see your brother drowning and you don't do it. And the Pasuk says, Ani Hashem. Why did the Pasuk say Ani Hashem? Obviously, why did any Pasuk say Ani Hashem? The whole Torah is Hashem. Chazal tells us, the one, know why it says Ani Hashem? Because you might think that you can get away and say, nobody knows if I could have saved this guy or not. Hashem says, I know if you could save him. Ani Hashem. I know if you could save him. Don't try to say, well, I didn't know how to swim. I know if you know how to swim. I know how confident you are. So I'll know if you really could have saved him or not. It's the same thing with spiritual things. If a person has the ability to protest against someone doing an Avera, you see people doing the wrong thing on Shabbat, and you don't say anything, it could be that you're getting the sin just like the real Azabra forever and ever. We're reading Mishnah that says that his para went out. His para, he had a million parot. We figured out that he had a million parot, and this is the neighbors. But he didn't protest, and he couldn't. And if he would have protested, it would have worked. And therefore, it's his problem. And who knows how many problems we have that we have to protest about. Sometimes you have to say things. Let's get it clear, guys. When Shilomo Melech married Paro's daughter, she brought in a thousand musical instruments with people to play. She told him that when you go to this Abu Dazara, they, they bring these thousand, this whole orchestra of a thousand instruments. Can you imagine how many instruments they have? He didn't say anything to her. When he married Bat Paro, you know what happened? Gabriel went down and he went to the bottom of the ocean and he stuck a stick in the ocean. And sand came around the stick. 
ועליו לזה כרך גדול של רומי. And was built over there, the city of Rome. Hashem built Rome, which was going to destroy the second Beit HaMikdash, exactly at the time when Shilomo built the first Beit HaMikdash, married Bat Paro. Rabbi, why would, why would um, Shilomo marry Bat Paro? So the idea of marrying them was to try to bring Torah to all the nations of the world. And instead of just Pah Yisrael doing the Torah, he wanted to marry Bat Paro, become like a prince in, in, in Mitzrayim in all the countries. And this way they'll all come, they all feel connected to Klai Yisrael, and they'll all do Teshuvah. But, yeah, we saw what happened the first time they lived there. Why would he go back? Oh, he, he, he brought her to us. He didn't uh-huh. go there. He brought her to Yushalayim. He built her a palace in Yushalayim. He had a thousand wives from all different countries. And he, this way they all feel like King Shlomo is part of them. And maybe one day they'll do, do Teshuvah. But he went against the Torah in that way because Torah says, you know, a king's not allowed to have too many wives. Can't keep, can't keep, control, of more than, keep control of more than 18. And Shlomo we can't keep that, control more than one rabbi. What are 18? Okay, that's you. But you're not Shlomo a king. If you were a king, you can handle more. But, um, but more than 18, you're not allowed to. Shlomo says, I'll marry them and they're not going to bring me off. But uh, the Pasuk says that they did. Okay. Oto yom shechlis yerovam shnei agrei zahav, echad bet el vechad bedan, nevnet rit echad veze ataya shelavan. On the day when Yerovam built his Amudazara, that's when, the same day, there were two huts, which became Italy of Yavan, which ended up destroying the second Beit Mekdash. Amar b'shmur barachmani amar b'yochan. Anyone says who says King Yeshayahu sinned, he is making a big error. It says that Yeshayahu followed his great great grandfather David. Pasuk says there was no one who came back to Hashem with all his heart, which sounds like he did Avera beforehand. You can't do Teshuvah if you didn't do Avera beforehand. Which means that he judged from when he was 8 to he was 18 years old. That means that all the cases that Yeshayahu judged from when he was 8 to the from the age of eight until he was 18, 18 years of his rulership, right? He returned all the money back to the people. That means he gave back all his property. Yani, Yani, he had a lot of different, um, he had a lot of different um, cases. And when the, the scroll came out, that they found the scroll, and they realized they didn't know some of the laws, they made a mistake, he decided to give back the money of all the betins that he did until now. But he didn't take the money back from the losers, give back to the winners. He gave his own money to pay it back. Got it? Upliga the rab. This is Machoka Rav, Dama Rav. There's no bigger person who did Teshuvah more than Yoshiao 
So again, so Rabbi Yonason is answering that really he's not, he didn't do Teshuvah. Teshuvah doesn't mean he did anything wrong. He never did a sin. It's just that he gave back money that when he realized he was wrong and he gave his own money back. Rav says, no, he really did Teshuvah. There's no bigger people to Teshuvah than Yeshayahu and someone in our generation. Umanu, who's the one in our generation with Teshuvah like Yeshayahu? Says, Abba Abu Abba. Is Abba, who is the father of Yirmiyam Abba. Some say it's Acha, the brother of Abba, who's the father of Yirmiyam Abba. and Acha were two brothers. And they did Teshuvah big time. Another one in our generation. Who's that? Ukvan the son of Nechemia was the Resh Gilda. This is Natan of Tituta. That means that there was a light. Some say that they called him Natan of Tituta because a light, a spark came out of Shemayim when this guy did Teshuvah. Hanu Yativna Yosef says, I was sitting in a shul, I fell in a, in a, in a class, and I fell asleep. I hope nobody in my class is falling asleep. And I saw in a dream that an angel stuck his hand out and accepted the Teshuvah. So we see that he also did Teshuvah just like these other people. Hadran Allah Bezat Hashem will come back to Perek Bezat Hashem soon. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Bezat the fifth parak of Shabbat, Bezat Hashem will be starting Babe Isha Motzei Shabbat, hopefully around 9.30. 9.30. Okay. Thank you, Abby. Okay. Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi. Thank you.